Welcome to Health Rants. Join us and learn how not to let healthcare rip you off or kill you. Together, we will explore the secrets of healthcare and give you insight on how to make a better and informed decision about your health and your healthcare. I'm Dr. Bob Braille. I'm a chiropractor for over 40 years, and I've seen it and heard it all. So welcome to our podcast, Health Rants. Hi, this is Dr. Bobby Braille, and welcome again to Health Rants. You know, today I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, the news <laughs> and as it relates to healthcare, specifically COVID-19. What prompted this a little bit was I was going through Facebook, which I'm not a big fan of doing on a regular basis, but uh, to keep up on certain events within my profession, I have to do that. And I saw a post, it was a political post, and I, I usually just scan right by those because if it's not a post for me, but it was made by a friend of mine, I'm not interested in looking at it. But this one caught my eye. It did a comparison of administrations, the current one to the previous one, relative to COVID-19 versus H1N1. And it basically showed uh, that there were, it was at 5 million cases of COVID-19. The government was shut down and, you know, everybody's out of work and all these terrible things have happened. And there were, in comparison, 63 million cases of H1N1. The government didn't shut down. There wasn't a lot of news stories, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there is a big difference. There were, you know, there was 150,000 deaths from COVID-19 and there were something like, I don't know, 6,700 deaths from H1N1 or something like that, very minuscule. That being aside, the, the, the whole concept of, of the political aspect of that being aside, it brought to my mind the idea of health news and, and what's in the news about health. I mean, we hear politicians and a lot of times on both, both sides of the aisle and a lot of people, on, especially on social media, posting that, oh, fake news or hyped news or blaming the news in various areas for overhyping uh, COVID-19 or for not reporting on it at all on the other end of the spectrum. And I, I want to speak a little bit about that today. So this is kind of like a health slash political type of a podcast and a rant today. Part of what I see here, because what I decided to do was just to go to Google, Google News specifically, and when you do that, right at the very top of Google News, the first thing that they have up there now is they have this little like link to a whole section on COVID-19 news. Uh, in fact, it's called COVID-19 news. See the latest coverage of COVID-19, the coronavirus. And if you go down the page of the page of the regular news, you're going to see a whole bunch more on COVID-19 anyway. But this one section does nothing but COVID-19 news. And that wasn't there before the pandemic really became a big thing in the United States. It's not like there was always a headline for COVID-19 a few months back. There wasn't, uh, just since this became a big deal. So the question is, is it being overhyped? Now, I'm not putting it on Google because Google just strictly uses a logarithm of what's popular and then that's what pops up. It's not like somebody sits in a little room and decides, oh, I want people to see this. Google doesn't do that. I, you know, that's a nice conspiracy theory, but that doesn't happen. Google just creates logarithms of what's popular and that's what pops up and, 
you know, they do use a lot of finding out what you're looking at, and then they give you more of it. So, you know, that's kind of it. But it's not like somebody sat down and came up with this and says, oh, I think we need to throw them more of this. That, that's not how this works. It's way too complicated to be involved. The computer handles it. Yes, somebody writes the logarithm, but it's more based upon what's popular than anything else. Now, that being said, there is an awful lot. If you go to the health section alone on Google, it's almost all dominated by COVID-19 news. And just to scan through today, as we're sitting here, uh, which is a few days before this goes online, the headlines, COVID-19 vaccine development sparks political controversy in India. Okay, it's an, it's an Indian thing here from, uh, from the country of India. Surprise, here's how much uh, coronavirus vaccine will cost you from the Motley Fool. There may never be a silver bullet for COVID-19, WHO warns from Reuters. The biggest monster is spreading, and it's not the coronavirus. The New York Times actually a couple hours ago ran a story that was not about COVID-19. And then underneath it on uh, uh, my online, whatever that company is, more than 8,000 uh, AIDS deaths averted by uh, anti retroviral therapy in 2019. So it's probably the other article is probably also on AIDS. But if we go further down, right, Alabama's news leader debate begins on who's first in line for the COVID-19 vaccine, even though there isn't one, won't be one for a while, by the way. Who will be the first in line for COVID-19 vaccine from another news station? Getting, let's see, the Washington Post, getting a coronavirus vaccine in record time is hard. Distributing it to tens of million people will be equally daunting. Now, let's just put it this way. At some point in the future, we will have a podcast specifically on the idea of vaccination and specifically the COVID-19 vaccine. I can tell you within my profession, it's not something that we're anxious to do. I'm not standing in line. And I've had a lot of my patients comment the same way that I'm not getting that whenever they rush out with it. And I understand that. I did hear a uh, particular scientist say they're aiming at 50% effective. And I'm like, what? And then they said, yeah, most vaccines are between 40 and 60%. So we're aiming at 50 right in the middle. And I'm like, okay, that's a separate discussion. We'll go into that another time. But right now we're talking about the news. And and let's step back for a minute because I could keep reading uh, today, Corona, today, uh, USA Today. Coronavirus outbreaks hits summer camp in Georgia as worries grow about the schools. That's a big deal right now because children are starting school like this week and next week in Georgia. And it's all about, oh, what are we going to happen when they go to school? Yeah, they're going to infect each other. That's what happens when kids go to school. The implications are not necessarily them. It's what happens when they come home with those uh, with those viruses and uh, who else is vulnerable to them when they come back. Because you know, at the beginning of a school year, kids get sick. It's common. A lot of kids get sick, and then they bring it home, and their parents get sick, and their family members get sick on a fairly high number. It's not something that has to happen, but it does seemingly regularly happen. Uh, let's see. St. Louis today. Positive. Co- oh, this is kind of funny because I saw it. Uh, St. Louis today. Positive COVID-19 cases slow for now in Missouri, comma, St. Louis. I go down a little bit further, the same right below it, from the Kansas City Star, KC Metro surpasses 20,000 COVID-19 cases study number number more than doubled in July. It's like, wait a minute. Okay, so in one part of the state it's going down, right next door it's going up. Okay, and that's possible, but still interesting. 
Uh, KATV, coronavirus cases rise by 637 in Arkansas, six more deaths. Um, let's see, we go down to the MS, uh, MSN Monday. U.S. coronavirus, 19,000 more Americans could die in the next 20 days, CDC composite forecast shows. Oklahoma reports 377 new coronavirus cases, one additional death. Uh, kids, oh, here's one from the BGR. Kids might have up to 100 times more coronavirus in their bodies than adults. Okay, now let's step back for a minute because I, I could go on reading these, and I'm just scrolling down. We're only a day out. You know, I'm reading because it goes by a date, and we're only talking as far back as yesterday. So obviously this, and this is, by the way, from health news section of Google News, not from the coronavirus section, from the COVID-19 section, it's just as ugly, it's even worse. Um, let's see, this epidemic is now out of control. Why is it, if there's a siren in the background, it's apropos, but it's from outside the building. This epidemic is now out of control. Why is it time to double down on the fight against COVID-19 from CNN 20 minutes ago? Uh, let's see, USA Today, stop, sanitize, Alabama principal parodies MC Hammer ahead of students return to school amid coronavirus. So obviously they're uh, doing a, a music video on it. From Fox News, White House considering unilateral actions with coronavirus bill, aid stuck in the Congress, and let's see, coronavirus live updates, and then a whole bunch of news on coronavirus, at least 10% of New York City coronavirus patients reporting attending a gathering officials. Wow, that's interesting. Now, so let's go back to our original point here. Are we getting too much, or are we getting the right amount, or are some places hiding it away so we don't get that much of it? If you go on to certain websites, front pages, you have to scroll down to see anything on coronavirus. You go on to other web pages, the news sites, it's like the first five stories. So which is the case? Well, let me tell you, both of them are. Let's look for a second. What is the news? Okay, and what is the purpose of a news organization? You know, growing up many years ago, there were three major sources of news, ABC, NBC, and CBS, the three big television networks that were on TV before cable came out, and there were tons of other types of news broadcasts, and then the Internet with all the different new types of news cycle and social media, which even goes further. So there were three. So those news organizations back then were fairly... Uh, specific in attempting to bring forth what they felt was important. They had very strong editorial boards, you know, very strong, you know, what's good for the public type of a deal. And yes, they sold a ton of advertising, but advertisers only had those three outlets by which to choose from. So there wasn't a lot of competition. If you wanted to get your advertisement across, you picked one of the three for television and you put it out there. And as years went on and there were more outlets on television alone, uh, probably the biggest advertiser, well, certainly now it is, but even back then it was, if you look at the big advertisers on television years ago, it was uh, cigarette commercials, but they were taken off. Uh, but now if you go on any news show, it's drug commercials, the pharmaceutical industry. They advertise like crazy on news shows because of the news capacity of a show meaning it gets a little bit more, I'm attentively watching, I believe it, it's not a sitcom or a comedy. Uh, news 
you know, news is supposed to be news. Therefore, drug companies feel these people are listening with a more intent eye. And if it blends a little bit into their commercial, great. It gives them more credibility. So, you know, and I'm not saying the news people are swayed by the drug commercials that they air. I don't believe that connection is there. However, on a lot of the news networks, and all of them have a medical consultant of some, or several of them for that matter, consultant, if you look these people up individually, many of them do work for pharmaceutical companies. Many of them work in the PR departments or research departments of pharmaceutical companies. That's how they got the job with the network. So there is that intrinsic connection there. And yes, the pharmaceutical companies do spend a lot of money to feed information to news shows so that when a drug comes out, it's already gotten free news about a new drug. I mean, I've seen, as you have seen, stories on TV about, uh, you know, uh, a new drug in its early stages. Well, you know what? I got news for you. Drugs in their early stages don't deserve any airtime. <laughs> you know? They've not been shown to do anything. That's a promotional piece that a news editor said, oh, yeah, okay, or recommended by our health guy who, by the way, also worked for the drug company. Uh, and that's how it wound up on TV. Anytime I see preliminary studies on a certain drug, just tune it out completely in your mind because that's, that's not valid. Nobody should accept a preliminary study on anything relative to drugs, you know. And then even afterwards, I have some questions. And, but that's a different show altogether on the validity of drug testing, et cetera, et cetera. That's a whole other show. We'll deal with that another time. So really, what makes news? Well, all of these news agencies, no matter what their, uh, their, their political slant, and you know, I don't believe they're in the pocket, but they have you know, political tint. It used to be called yellow journalism. It's kind of like which direction do they lean more liberal conservative? That's not our discussion here today. But all of them have a certain audience, and all of them, you know, that audience is more attuned to hearing certain types of stories. Now, let's back up for a second because we talked a little bit about Google earlier. Google has these hugely involved logarithms where if you click on certain things, it remembers that, by the way, especially if you're clicking on it from a Google site, like a Google News site, and then throws more of that at you so that you see more of what you want to see. Well, TV stations and news companies kind of do the same thing. They know a little bit about what their audience is. It's more conservative, it's more liberal, it's more rural, it's more urban. And therefore, then they look at stories and decide the stories that they're going to see based upon what they know will pique your interest. I mean, now there are hundreds of news entities out there, and so they all have to fight for one very important thing, ratings. So therefore, they want to put out something that's the most sensational, that will most catch your eye. Now, what is catching everyone's eye right now? Well, of course, coronavirus. So if news agency A puts out a highlighted story on corona, on COVID-19, and it gets you excited because, oh my goodness, look at that. And then news agency B sees that and says, well, we need to put out stuff on that. And you get excited about that, then news agency C is. So it's kind of almost self-perpetuating. That doesn't mean it's not real. But let's, let's be real for a minute. All right, there's a possibility that COVID-19 might be the third leading cause of death in the United States this year. Now that's, wow, 
That's a big piece of news. That was actually a news story from about a week ago. That's a big piece of news. Okay, but wait a minute. How much news was on one and two? <laughs> More people died from cancer and heart problems than will die from COVID-19. That doesn't mean COVID-19 doesn't deserve, you know, that, that kind of an issue. But the problem is, is that COVID-19 is new and it's it's exciting to people as far as from a negative standpoint. So it gets more news time than does any kind of research, any kind of work done on hearts. And let me give you a, a similar uh, type of scenario here. You watch the news. And let's go back a couple of years before all this stuff went on. And all of a sudden, a news story appears about a plane crash and 200 people tragically died. And like, wow. So you watch that and you're like, you know, you're, you're, you're so saddened for the people. And, you know, we hear everybody, the thoughts and prayers are out to the families of the people involved. And, and all rightfully so. And it makes headlines all over the country and it's reported on. And then they have a little story on the safety in the airline industry, et cetera, et cetera. And, it, and eventually it goes away, but it, it, it makes the highlight of the story. And then if there is some kind of a mass shooting, like the one that happened in Texas, and I, I think, what, 20-something people were, were killed, and it's a terrible thing, and it made the headlines of the story all over the country, and then we have discussions on gun rights, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, well, let's back up for a minute and do the airline one first. Let's say 200 people tragically die in an airliner. That's a terrible thing. Now, in the time frame of that news story, let's say it took, a week, two weeks. How many people died in car accidents? More, many more, I'm sure. You know, considering how many die in car accidents every year. Yet it never made the news. I mean, there might be a local story about somebody dying on a highway or something like that, but it didn't make the news. Why? Because it's an unexpected event. You know, people die all the time in cars, so it's not news because it's not expected. There's no shock value there. An airliner goes down. That's not expected. There's shock value. It makes the news. Let's go back to the shooting. In the same time frame that the news covers a mass, a tragic mass shooting, and there's been a number of them, but in that same time frame, quite a few many more people died due to gun violence in homes with domestic disputes, robberies. If you go up canvas the country, there have been a lot more shootings in that same time frame that the news covered on that one tragic mass shooting. And granted, I don't, I don't want to belittle a mass shooting. It shouldn't happen either. But just from a standpoint of what the news covers, it happens all the time, so they don't cover it. It's, and it's not the news people's fault here. Don't, don't blame them. It's what we're consuming. We read more about something that's unexpected than something that happens all the time. And the same thing happens with N1H1 versus COVID. You know, N1H1, a lot of people got it, but it was kind of, okay, everybody gets the flu. And a certain amount of people die from it. Okay, we expect that every season, therefore, it didn't make a lot of news story. It got some coverage, but it wasn't like crazy. We weren't shutting down the country. COVID doesn't happen that much, and it has a much higher death rate. Let, let's be honest, it kills more people per infection than did H1N1 or anything prior to it, by the way, that we've, as far as in our lifetime, you have to go back to 1918 otherwise. But in our lifetime, it kills more per infection than did the other viruses of any kind. It's just, that's, that's fact. So therefore, 
it becomes more shocking and it makes more news. So I, I want to put forth the idea that the reason that we're hearing more is because it's more shocking to us. You know, uh, would it fade away eventually? Well, uh, if we could accept the rate of death of, uh, you know, almost a thousand people a day, yeah, it might, you know. Um, but we don't. I mean, that's still going to be shocking for a while. Uh, will it fade away? Well, first of all, the death rate will drop. I mean, it has, to an extent, dropped versus the number of cases diagnosed. The death rate is decreasing. There is an increase in the number of deaths because of the spike in the number of cases. And by the way, that has nothing to do with testing because if we had no idea about how many people had it because we didn't know testing, we'd still have the same death rate and the same hospitalization rate. That wouldn't change. <laughs> Those things don't have to do with testing. Those have to do with people dying, showing up at hospitals because they can't breathe. So those things don't change. And honestly, they're talking about the, the percentage of people who have COVID-19 is probably much, much higher. In fact, it might be as high as N1, H1N1. You know, I don't know where they came up with the number of 63.8 million people had H1N1. I don't remember anybody getting tested for it. I think that was projections based upon the very small sample of people who were tested. Now we're testing much higher, and the reason we're doing so is because this particular disease does have a much higher death rate per case. So that's why they're testing, and they're hopefully going to be coming up with something to isolate you know, we should have been doing a, a case uh, track down and isolation much quicker uh, relative to cases. I'm not talking about population centers and locking them down. I think that's that was an after the fact deal. It's like, you know, like they I don't know how many times I've heard it said the uh, barn door was closed after the horse was out. Yeah, OK. Uh, and masks. It's another discussion. We'll ha I'm going to do one of those on some of my other podcasts, but uh, not for today's discussion. So if we look at the news, and, and, you know, I write newsletters on a regular basis relative to health, wellness, chiropractic, uh, that get emailed out to uh, my patients and a number of other uh, doctors' patients. And I have to scroll through a bunch of news stories to find things that I think will be of interest to the readers, uh, but are unique in their uh, information. That's kind of what I look for, which is a little different than, a, you know, I'm not dealing with ratings. I'm dealing with bringing forth information that is not common out there. Um, not, not obviously conspiratorial. I don't want that kind of nonsense going out there. But, but from a standpoint of something you might not have known, that is my purpose in my newsletter. Now, that being said, it's become a lot more difficult, especially since COVID-19. I've actually decreased the number of articles I can write every month, strictly because the news is overwhelmed with COVID-19 stuff. And it's overwhelmed with COVID-19, not only because it's a, uh, you know, it's a fairly uh, significant health impact on our nation, but because the news agencies find it sensational. I mean, people are reading it, therefore it's sensational. It's kind of like a cycle. You know, if, the, if, if a news organization puts out a bunch of stuff on COVID-19 and nobody really found it interesting, they would stop doing that. The fact is, people find it interesting. They're clicking on it. They're reading it. Therefore, the interest goes up. Therefore, the news organization says, well, they want more of this. We'll give them more of this. It's kind of like a self-sustaining news cycle until people get tired of it it'll start to go away from a standpoint of the amount of news covering it, and we'll hear other things. You know, occasionally other stories have broken above. Some political stories have broken above. If there's a shooting that breaks above this 
foray of just COVID-19. But you know, this thing of COVID-19 has become the overwhelming and longstanding story here. And I know I go home and my wife says, I don't want to hear any more news about COVID-19. Don't put on any news so we don't have to hear about it. And I understand that totally. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, I, I watch news stories in the hope of getting some other news about other aspects of health and other things that are going on. But yeah, it's overwhelming the number of uh, COVID stories, but it is a cycle. It's a cycle because us as consumers are eating it up. And if we're eating it up, they're going to give us more of it. That is true in any business uh, with consumers at all. I mean, if you produce a product and you put it on the market and a whole bunch of people want it, well, you're going to produce more of it and your competitors are going to produce more of it. Look at the car industry. I mean, let's go back to before most of you were probably born. 1963 or four. Oh, I wish I had the exact date. Ford comes out with the Ford Mustang. Boom, instant hit, very popular. Okay, two years later, what happens? Chevy comes out with the Camaro. You know, wow. When you see a car coming out, everybody follows. Look at the minivan. When Chrysler came out with the minivan, boom, Ford followed, GM followed. You know, the, the, the crossover, everybody followed once that came out. That's the nature of consumerism, and news is a consumer product. We eat it up. There are networks, I mean, I remember when CNN first came online and people were like, what? Who's going to want to watch 24 hours of news? Well, guess what? How many of them are there now? <laughs> Three mains and quite a few shoot-offs. So, you know, there's a lot of news out there. It has become a huge consumer item. Listening to news, garnering news. I mean, it even outrates a lot of sitcoms. You know, we used to watch sitcoms years ago. Who would watch the news until the evening news at 11 o'clock? You know, which was local news. Maybe after the hostage situation in Iran, there became a national feed that was on after that at 11.30. I remember Ted Koppel. But it was based upon consumers. So the idea of this, this whole news thing and, and, you know, oh, they're forcing stuff on. No, they're not. <laughs> news agencies are not forcing stuff on you. They're just responding to what you're already looking for. Now, if you stop looking and stop reading and stop clicking on certain aspects, guess what? They're going to stop presenting it because you're not consuming it. That's how this works. There's no, I'm not a big one for conspiracy theories. I'm, in fact, I'm really against it. People do what's in their best interest, what's in their best financial interest. Groups of people can do what's in their best financial interest, and you can call that a conspiracy, but I'm not, I'm not really going with that a whole lot. But as far as news goes, it has to do with what is being consumed. The more people consume a certain type of news, the more we're going to get that kind of news. I can imagine that not necessarily when the pandemic starts to abate, but when we stop reading as much COVID-19 stories, Google News won't have the little ticker across the top on their news page for headlines of COVID-19 news. That'll go away. And we'll be left with regular news with a section underneath on health and COVID-19 will probably dominate that for a little while. So basically, you know, when we come to health, I would highly recommend that all of us, when we're consuming news information, that be careful what we click on. And keep in mind that the more we click on a certain type of news story, especially, you know, like online, you don't click on on television, obviously. But the more we consume that, the more we're going to get fed that. 
And all we're doing is reinforcing what we have as our belief systems, you know, and, and that that in healthcare itself is very dangerous. In healthcare overall, as a chiropractor especially, we're offering a different paradigm in healthcare thought process. And that's very difficult when you're up against people who are consuming a certain paradigm, and then because they're consuming, you get fed more of that. You know, that has been true. We've been fighting, you know, as a chiropractor, we're into getting people to where they don't need drugs, not to pushing to where they get more. Well, the other paradigm is about more drugs. If you look on television, there are advertisements like crazy, like I said, on the news coverages about more and more drugs. Take drugs. And it used to be years ago about take drugs to cure this. Now it's about take drugs because you have this and keep taking that drug for the rest of your life. And that's why, especially in the United States, we have the highest rate of people taking the most amount of drugs anywhere in the world. But that's a different health rant. Right now, we're strictly talking about consuming news and the reason we consume so much health news is because it interests us, because it's a bit shocking to us, like the plane crash, like the mass shooting. Even though there are more deaths in other areas on a regular basis, because it's shocking, we consume it. Even though there are more deaths ongoing right now due to cancer, due to heart conditions, because COVID-19 is shocking, we consume more of it. If we keep that in mind and regulate our cons consumption of health news, it'll start to change. And by the way, the TVs will change based upon the clicks that they're getting on their websites and the ones that are happening on Google because Google doesn't create news. I mean, if you look at all the Google headlines of news, they're from, uh, let's see, CNN, ABC, Fox News, The Washington Post, NBC, Politico. You, know, you just go down the line. They're from other news sources. Their logarithm just picks them out of the uh, what's on the World Wide Web and puts them together based upon, guess what? Based upon what you're looking at, what you click on, they give you more of it. In fact, if you have, like, a, like I have Google News feed, and I'm logged into Google on the browser, it feeds me what I look at. If I log out and open a browser that I don't use, now they do have the IP address, but if I you know, do it that way, I get a whole different series of news stories. Yeah, there are some consistently at the top, but guess what? I get a bunch of different news stories if I'm logged out because it's not looking for who I am. Although they do have the ability to look at your IP address. So if you go on a different machine and do it, it might even be different again. So my rant today had more to do with consuming news about health than anything else. And what I'm just going to end with here is that if you want to see less news stories on COVID-19, click on less news stories about COVID-19. Read less news stories about COVID-19. And if it's overwhelming you on television, change the channel. Watch a different channel, which I recommend you do regularly anyway so that you don't get stuck on a rut of listening to news. I, I do pan my news, especially my online reading, to all sides of the equation. I don't look at just one group, one slant, conservative or liberal. I like to read across the board and see what they're all presenting, which also then least diversifies to an extent what I'm going to be feeding, getting back in my feedback. And I recommend the same thing for everybody. First of all, it's fun. Secondly, you get a nice, diverse view, which is always good when you're making decisions about healthcare. And that's why I'm in a healthcare profession that is a different viewpoint. So thank you for listening to Health Rants and have a great and wonderful day. You have been listening to Health Rants. My name is Dr. Bob Braille, and I've been your host. 
subscribe to this podcast and join us for future rants on a large variety of subjects related to health and health care. Thank you for listening to Health Rants. Health Rants is sponsored by Braille Chiropractic. Find out more and listen to previous episodes on our website, www.braillechiropractic.com. That's B-R-A-I-L-E chiropractic.com. The opinions on this podcast are meant to encourage discussion on healthcare issues and are not meant as specific medical or healthcare advice. You should only seek health advice from your healthcare professionals. This has been Health Rants.